You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. It's for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. The Empowered Parent Podcast is a developmentally informed, trauma-sensitive, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me once again, our Ryan and Kayla North. Hey, guys. Hey, Chris. Hello, Christopher. And uh, as promised, joining us once again is Jason Johnson. Hey, Jason. Hey, hey, good to be back. Hi, Jason. <laughs> so Wow, that was... Unnecessary. That was weird. <laughs> He's making it weird. I just, I just thought that, that I was Ryan developing excels at making it weird. Uh, <laughs> and if I don't excel. I think I'm pretty good. Excel's a little excessive. <laughs> I just thought I developed a new character. <laughs> just sounded like a fangirl, like, "Hey, Jason." Like I was trying just, like, to super excited because that's what we need on this podcast for more characters. <laughs> Jason's a big deal. It's okay. a big deal. So, like, listen. So, um, before we get back to it, uh, I'd like to open this one with a Jason Johnson story as well. Okay. Um, Jason, um, and this, in light of the the goofy high Jason voice, this is probably going to sound um, be filtered differently than it needs to be. But, but I need everybody to, to just hear my words. Oh no! I um, can't wait to hear it. One of the things that that I appreciate about you is that every now and then you and I will jump on the telephone and just have a talk about sort of the state of the world, the things we're working on. And and I think you and I, the words we use is it's a safe space for both of us. The reason it's a safe space for both of us is because um, people who don't work who don't work in professional ministry assume that it's not a very competitive environment, but it really is. Right, it's 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 the same thing. There are limited resources, right? It is the same thing that anybody else has to deal with. But one of the things that I appreciate about you, and I hope you'd be able to say the same things about us, is that is that I feel like we don't really we're on the same team, right? If if we if we can't do it do it, we'll point to somebody else. We'll try to open doors for people as much as we can. And when we first started traveling to work with churches, particularly with churches. I swear about 50% of the miles that we logged the first two years we were doing that is because somebody emailed me and said, Jason Johnson told me to call you. And so, um, so you know, we've always had a real great, great appreciation for you, um, for, for what, what you, you do, how you've helped us personally. And, and so, um, you know, you're, you're the real deal. That's it. That's what I'm trying to say. So you really are a fan. I am a fan. <laughs> Also, also, I'm 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 a client because he's like my therapist when we talk. <laughs> well, Ryan, that means a lot, and I I totally uh, echo that. And I, I'll confess to you a little bit that part of the reason, and, and my wife can attest to this, I do not like talking on the phone at all. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and I I think the last time you and I spoke, it was it, it was about an hour. And um, I find myself more okay with talking 
for long periods of time with you on the phone because your sweet South African buttery voice is just <laughs> it was just soothing and calming to me. And oddly enough, uh, most of the time that you and I were on the phone last time, I was driving through a one of the largest cities in America on freeways and chaos. And it was just like I was in my own little euphoric bubble talking with you. I don't know what to do with much of this. <laughs> oh, I'm saving a lot of it for material for later. Uh, for sure. Yeah, thank you. No, thank no, you, Jason. But, oh, y'all are hilarious. No, no. But, but, I appreciate but for that. real, for real, for real, you guys are friends. I consider you friends. I love, love, love being able to work with different groups and say, you know what you guys need to know? And usually, usually by now, they're like, oh, yeah, we know who they are. Like, Great. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know what to do. You know what to do with that. So I love it. And I, um, I love I love chatting with you guys. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So now we've can got of the worms. <laughs> Now back, now back to the can of worms. We can jump into the can of worms right? now, now that the audio hug is over. <laughs> so when we left off the last episode, we you just started kind of like getting into, you'd open the can of worms. In other words, Jason, uh, a lot of people would probably think twice about mixing uh, the Bible and neuroscience, but uh, as Ryan stated on a, a previous podcast many years ago, um, the more science catches up to the Bible <laughs> in terms of what what we know about how the brain works, yeah, uh, go, yeah. this goes into that the whole renewing of our mind thing, right? Like we've learned right. the brain can renew itself. Yes, it, it can repair physically. Right. It, it, <laughs> right, it can make new new neural pathways when necessary, right. and so. Right. Yeah, that just kind of both Ryan and I were kind of looking at each other, nodding, nodding along as you were as you were speaking, and so I just wanted maybe to kind of delve into that a little bit more and how our our listeners can can take that information and, and apply it in a little more practical way. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, in our our previous conversation, we were talking about some instinctual responses or reactions that just kind of. Um, impulsively or um, uh, automatically rise up within us um, yeah. and we go, whoa, wait, what was wow, that? <laughs> I need to catch, catch that, reel it in and then like kind of dig in. So where's that coming from? What's happening here? And I think at least for me and our, my experience, part of the transformation that has proven to be necessary for me has been what are those pathways that are so deeply ingrained with me that these kinds of natural and subconscious responses and reactions um, are elicited. And what work, if any, can I do to actually change and transform what my natural, even sometimes involuntary response or thoughts might be in a particular situation, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. is there is it possible for me to experience a transformation of my mind and a renewal of the way that I think and and the way that I process and what's going on in my brain to the degree that um, I can replace the involuntary natural response of getting angry when things are out of my control mm. with. Um, a sense of unhurriedness and calm and steadiness when mm -hmm. things are out of my control. Mm -hmm. 
is that part of what it means to experience the sense of renewal and transformation of mind? And then you go, is that even, is it even possible in my body physiologically? Mm. Can I, can I, is there work that I can do on that level of who I am as well? And I think that what we understand, and obviously you guys are far more versed at this than I am is yes, yes. And yes, the <laughs> interconnectedness of it all is, is undeniable. So that's kind of a place that I've had to go that I, you know, like you said previously, Kayla, like, I don't know that I would have ever gone there had this, these experiences not required me to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you recall a certain specific experience that started you down this path or was it like an accumulation that finally you reached kind of like a breaking point almost? Um, you know, honestly, I, I think it's just an accumulation of little rocks over the years that, um, you know, okay, we can, here's another little rock we can hold and oh, another one and another one, another one. And then we go, whoa, this is starting to feel very, very mm. heavy. Mm -hmm. And if we continue on this pace of just holding little rocks, it's going to eventually crush us. Um, and, and then also just kind of, interacting with uh with with kiddos and even older older teenagers um from from some very hard places and, and realizing especially as we as we interacted more with uh, moms young moms that became a part of our home and family and i go you know what it's imp i want i want to participate with them in believing I, I want I want to participate with them in transforming what their future looks like, and I want to believe on their behalf that mm. hope is possible. And then I go, whoa, whoa, whoa! I can't I can't believe that God can actually redeem hard pasts and turn them into really beautiful things in the future for them. If I don't even believe that for myself, mm. yeah. Now you preach um, Yeah. So then you go, whoa, whoa! Like, am I just? Am I believing something on their behalf that I don't even believe is true for me? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just like these accumulations over time. Uh, and then, honestly, it's just been in the last couple of years that my wife and I, maybe part of it is we're getting older and we're like, whoa, our bodies are getting older. It, <laughs> it's, not, it's not normal to hurt like this all the time yeah. or to creep <laughs> like this, you know, or to moan, to moan every time you stand up, you know, kind of thing. And like... Like, okay, this, this, it's not normal to feel this way. And so now we're even digging into, we go, okay, we've learned so much in the last 10 years about the interconnectedness of our emotions and our physical bodies and our pasts and our traumas and even repressed traumas, even things you go, I don't even know if I have any trauma. And, you know, and somebody's like, I, I, you trust you trust me you do your, your body's really good at grabbing it and hiding it and yeah. holding it um and we and it's been in the last couple of years that we've really started to lean into that and say you know what we want to be we want to be healthy whole to the degree that we can for a long long time for our yeah. kiddos and their kiddos and, and that means we're going to need to dig into a lot of emotion and physical connection to that and uh and that that's kind of where we are right now in our our journey is exploring some of those things and sitting with sitting with people who are are 
are able to help us draw some connections between things maybe from our past that we would have never been able to seek the connections to. And they go, yeah, like it's probably important that you recognize the connection here, Jason. And then we're going to, we need to kind of dig into some of that. So I wanted to respond to that, but my mind's still stuck in the previous episode and all the things that were, that were reeling over there, right? Because we talk about, you know, being renewed through the transforming of your mind. And, and I think, you know, a lot of times when we talk to parents, particularly parents, is is they feel stuck, and we've talked about this 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 before. But 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 you have to go through the transformation to get to the other side. You know, you mentioned about how sometimes you just want compliance from your children. Well, everybody wants that, but you can get there. Where if you say something, they'll go, "Okay, uh, we've done this long enough together. I trust that that man right there, who I call dad, has my best interest at heart." But you don't start there, and I think that that that's part of the transformation that we had to go through. Mm-hmm. Or at least me personally was like we don't we, we don't start at the end we we start with the end in mind but we certainly don't start at the end and and part of our transformation as people helps us get there because while we're transforming the kids are transforming and Kayla and I've always talked yeah. about how we're in a, we're in sort of parallel healing tracts at our home us along all alongside each other because one of the things. Um, that I think we, we've noticed over all the years we've been doing this is a lot of times parents will either not start a healing journey, and I think Chris alluded to this when we started the previous episode, not everybody's trying to do this, right? Um, the, where they'll either pause their own healing or not start a healing journey because they become so child-centric, and, and, and it feels yeah. noble, and it feels yeah. like you're doing the Lord's work because now you're focusing on the child and you want to help them. But one of the best ways you can help the child is to be parallel with them and not just like, you oh, know, it's all about the kid now because invariably the mm-hmm. child's going to be, do something that triggers you and things are going to head in a direction that you don't want them to go, right? It's the old, the Bruce Perry quote. The point of therapy isn't to erase your history. The point of therapy is to get you to a place where you're no longer controlled by your history. Ooh, that's, gosh, yeah, it's okay. So that right there even um, – I get to preach at churches often and they'll say, will you come preach about foster care and adoption? I say, yeah, as long as you know that like 98% of the sermon is going to have nothing to do with foster care (laughs) adoption. It's going to have to do with, you know, it's going to have to do with like um, this confrontation between the cultural narrative around us that says pursue comfort and convenience at all costs Mm. and the gospel narrative within us, which says we actually, um, we follow the way of Jesus who intentionally entered into our hard space, was wrapped up in our hard space, was broken by our heart, and so that on some level we can experience what it, what it feels like to, to, to begin healing. Uh, he entered into our space and he stayed there. Uh, and he, he, that's incarnation, right? And, and so, we're gonna, that's where we're going to spend a lot of time there because until we can really get people to be willing to confront these these dichotomous narratives of comfort and convenience versus we move towards hard, like we're really not going to be able to get anywhere until we start addressing that and that's wrestle good. with that. But one of the things that we that we address in there is that when Jesus steps into our story, and I don't, I don't mean to over-spiritualize. I actually think maybe we don't spiritualize some things enough. That's part of our problem, not our, mm. 
not us, but just in general. General, yeah. Uh, it, but is is what he does with like the transformation that occurs with I like I say it this way the re, and gosh that what you just said is so in line with this is the you know Jesus doesn't step into our story and say hey so um let's talk about your past for a minute from this point forward let's just pretend like it never happened right mm-hmm. we're going to erase all memory of it and it's gone mm. i remember growing up in the bible church world in dallas um uh, in, in very uh, comfortable, cerebral, monochromatic Bible church world. And they did their best to make things memorable. But sometimes in children's ministry, we can over-sentimentalize things to the point that it actually is bad theology. Mm. And one of the ways I remember a VBS worker helping us understand what the word justified meant was, think of it this way, kids. It's just as if it never happened. And it was like this play, like trying to make it sound. Mm. I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't even sound like justified. That's such a stretch, lady. I'm like this. Like seven-year-old Jason. Yeah, I object. Seven-year-old seven pastor's kid punk, but going, <laughs> nice, nice try. You know, because what's true is it's not just as if it never happened. It very much did happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what, what Jesus does not do is say, forget, like, let's pretend like it never happened. Instead, he says, um, you know, Roman says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, like, uh, because we've been set free. Like, so it's not, it never happened. It's, it is no longer a source of condemnation. Yeah. yeah. It actually can now be transformed into a platform of celebration. We're actually now able to say, my past is real and it's, and it's, and it happened. But look at what Jesus has done. Praise, praise Jesus kind of thing, right? Like, mm. and it's, it's the opportunity to experience a transformed, renewed relationship with our past. A lot of us have dysfunctional relationships with our past. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we're able to celebrate deeply in the gospel is I actually can have a transformed, renewed relationship with my past um, it, because it happened and it's real. And, and, I, I can't even remember the quote that you just said, but it's so right on. Like it, it doesn't have to bury me or destroy me. It can actually kind of drive me forward. And again, I go, it's impossible for me to believe that about a young teenage mom that moves into our home who grew up in care most of her life. It's, it's impossible for me to believe that that's actually true, can be true for her, that your past doesn't have to define you. It can actually really compel you. I can't believe that for her if I don't believe it's true for me. Yeah. Um, it, it, and, and again, it's like, what do you mean I need a, I need, I need a healthy relationship with my past? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, because it, it really is, it's, it's an indicator of how so much in our future is going to go. It informs your uh, present, right? Yeah. Yeah. It informs your present and your perspective on the future. And, so you go, wow, okay. And maybe I'm taking it too far, but I go, wow. Every, to a certain degree, I, most everything that I am learning and wanting to uh, help my, my kids process through and experience healing and renewal and transformation, like, 
there is there is a version of that exact same grid that is also being placed over me simultaneously. Mm. Yeah. And like you said, we're we're on these paths of healing. We're running parallel together in this. And last thing, and then I, I'm talk, I've talked way too long <laughs> this time, but you know, as you were talking earlier, right? It's like this just as in marriage or any relationship, like my wife isn't married to the same guy that she married 20 years ago. She's not even married to the same guy that she was married to 15 years ago. Kayla's like, like, thankfully, nor am I. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, exactly. And that's like the grace of God. Like we, we are constantly like being, we are constantly like renewing our marriage vows with new versions of each other. Mm-hmm. over the years and even as our, our as our kids grow we are and you guys know this in the adoption world people on the outside kind of see oh the paperwork signed the process is over adoption done mm-hmm. adopted families are like oh no just begin <laughs> yeah. yeah right and we are constantly adopting new versions of our kiddos and they are adopting new versions of us yeah like we're we're kind of on this in this thing together yeah Hello, Empowered Parent Podcast listeners. I wanted to share with you a little bit how you can become a supporter of the podcast. Becoming a supporter is a financial way to help the podcast, but also get some great extras to go along with it. We have tiers starting at just $5, but you can pledge for as little as a dollar a month as a way to say thank you. Anything is greatly appreciated. To learn more, visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com and click on the supporter link. All right, back to the podcast. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, kind of silly, but, you know, I would look, my brother's eight years younger than me, and I would look and could be like, he got away with so much more. And he was like, raised by different people. Because he right? was raised yeah. by different people, you know? Oh, yeah, that's good. And yeah. that's what our 20-year-old, he'll be like, I would have never been able to do that when I was her age, you know, looking at his younger sister who's 10 years younger than him. And he's like, yeah. you, she gets away with all this. And I'm like, no, it's not that she gets away with it. It's just that we realized that that's not the hill we're going to die on. And when you were little, it was the hill we were going to die on, you know, like <laughs> we've gotten to a different place in our parenting and our understanding, yeah. you know, can I just focus on that for a second? Because I think what you said is so good over there. Um, because we do change over time, right? That this transformation of us as yeah. human, human beings, but but the issue for us when when we when we first became parents and we had adopted that that first that first little boy who's twenty years old now, we were both convinced in our minds that every hill was one worth dying on because if we didn't win that battle, we had catastrophized his future. Yeah. Like if we didn't get this under control in this minute, he's going to end up in jail. Yeah. Twenty years from now, this kid's going to be incarcerated, and it's all up to us in this moment. And one of the ways we've been transformed is 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 God has been. This is one of the things about transformation, everyone, is that is that I think that 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 the way that the pace at which we transform is really God's kindness to us. Because if He revealed all of the ways that I need to change to me at once, I likely wouldn't leave the bedroom. I would be just devastated. Rolled up in the fetal position. Yeah, like, I and, and I think yeah. that the way God does that is is, is really His kindness mm-hmm. to to us. Because one of the things that we the one of the things we had to transform in is it's rather prideful to assume that one young man's future is completely dependent on Ryan and Kayla North because what we've then said is that God, his future is not dependent on you. Right. Mm-hmm. His healing is not dependent on you. It's dependent on us. And I think that is part of the transformation 
yeah. um, that, that we, we've gone through. And I think when you talk about like you and your wife are constantly renewing your vows with different versions of yourself. And I'd like to think that, that in, in one of the ways we've changed is that, is that we trust God with our kids more today than we did five years ago, than we did mm. 10 years ago, right? Mm. Um, and so I think that's one of the ways that, that, that we've transformed uh, you know, in our family is, is really to embrace nothing in my hands I bring, but only to thy cross I cling. Yeah, for mm. sure. Yeah, I, I love that thought that if, like if, if all at once he showed us every area in which we are in need of being transformed, we go, well, I mean, we would just, We'd, We'd give up. I mean, <laughs> you would collapse under the weight of it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's true. And and I even think, as you were saying that, I think a guy I work with, you you guys know him as well. His name also happens to be Jason. He was telling me a story once about uh, their their twins that, that came to them through foster care and, and just, you know, had some unique struggles. And uh, early on, you know, when their room was super messy, they would say, go in and clean your room, right? And it would never happen. And so they thought they were being helpful by, you know, going in and piling everything up into one big pile. <laughs> like, hey, we've made it easier for you. It's all in one big pile. Uh, now you should be able to clean your room easier, right? Uh, and it still didn't work. And, and Jason tells the story of him and his wife attending a conference and they were, you know, talking about trauma and, and some things. And and no lie, the, the, the facilitator on stage starts to talk about just brain function and kids and, and, and says, and uses this example and says, it would be like if you wanted your kids to clean the room and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. So you went in, you thought you were being helpful and you put it all in oh, one God. big pile. And, and she said, that actually makes it. 10 times worse. And they're like looking at really each get, other like, yeah. oh, no. J Jason and his wife, you know, he said they just fell out of their chairs dying. Like, oh, my gosh. that, I mean, to the T, that's exactly what we do. Oh. And it's, <laughs> we thought it was being helpful, and it's not. And yeah. as you're saying that, like the mercy of God to not like say, hey, um, I've piled it all up for you so that you can deal with it all at once. Yeah. Like, gosh, no. I mean. Uh, kids, I mean, uh, kids that, that, you know, brain functioning and, and they don't have the brain capacity to really, to process that big of a pile. Uh, I go, man, if somebody piled off my junk up in front of me, like I don't <laughs> I have do the brain either. capacity yeah. to yeah. do that. And like the mercy of God to say, you know, you're on a needs and no basis, even when it comes to things of About yourself. You. Yeah. And I'm about you, and I'm going to let you know what you need to know when you need to know it. Yeah. Uh, and we go, okay, that's fair. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I trust. I'm going to trust you in that. Well, uh, yeah. that last thing you said, though, to me is 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 an indicator of spiritual transformation, right? When, as you know, I was on staff at a church for a while, and so during the annual review, one of the questions was, "What evidence is there in your life that you're growing spiritually?" I hate this question, by the way, um, because what would like, I read my Bible 90 minutes a day right. instead of 60. I mean, like, mm -hmm. like, what are they asking you for? But luckily the guy who, whose team I was on said, look, he said the same thing. I hate that question. And he said to me, um, here, here's, here's the only thing I'm concerned about. Do you trust Jesus more today than you did 12 months ago? Mm. Because mm. if the answer is yes, you're growing in relationship with him. If the answer is no, we need to talk about that. And I've never, ever forgotten, forgotten that piece of wisdom from him, right? And for you to say, and I thought about it when you said, God says, like, you don't have to know everything now, 
and I think part of, of, of being transformed and, and growing spiritually is to, is to get to a place where you're okay with that. Yeah. Because when yeah. I was younger, I was not. I yeah. was, I was uh, you, know, you know, I was quite a demanding little brat when it came to my relationship with Jesus 20 yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. And, and, and now to look back and go, like, I don't even recognize that guy anymore. Um, yeah. It makes me happy. I think part yeah. of that goes into our perception of eternity versus God's perception of eternity, right? Like, God knows when you're going to die. Uh, newsflash, everyone, you're going to die. Um, what? <laughs> you know, so because he has that information that we do not have, if we remain, I, I, this is the way I kind of feel about it, if I remain open to allowing God to transform me in his time, right, he's going to work that transformation when I need it up to the point of, me not being around anymore. Yeah. So uh, at a Bible conference I was at several years ago, Steve uh, Farrar spoke, and he spoke about uh, his brother passing away. And, you know, as, a, as you know, his brother t- taking on responsibility, looking after his, his son and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things they, they struggled with as a family was, you know, why? Why, why did he, you know, die at this time? Mm-hmm. And... Steve goes, the answer nobody wants to hear, but the answer that's the truest answer is that whatever God had put him here for, he was done. And so that's kind of, I think, the mentality as parents, we need to have some some time when it comes to this relationship with our kids is, this is what God put us here for. We may not think it is. We may not feel like it is a lot of the time, because I know I sure don't. But that's what he put us here for. And so... Going back to what both you, Ryan, and, and Jason talked about, we, I think we just need to keep ourselves open to what God's trying to tell us through this podcast, through other teachers, through books we might read, whatever resources we have at our disposal. He's trying to teach us something that's going to help us deepen our relationship with our children. And that we just need to be patient, which I realize for most people is... Quite difficult, because it certainly is for me. <laughs> oh, look at that. He wouldn't have admitted that a year ago. <laughs> it's pretty well... It's Ten pretty, years ago, baby. It, <laughs> it's, it's pretty well documented that I used to be terrified of flying. And I've, and I've told that story about the transformation, transformation being terrified to, um, to, to being able to do it, and now I can fall asleep in a plane and I don't give it any thoughts. Um, yeah, I think you've heard that story before, Jason. So... Um, but, but I remember one time somebody came up to me after me telling that story at an event, and it's the only one time this has happened. He said to me, okay, what you don't address is what, why you got on the plane even though you were terrified. Hmm. He said, you, you never tell that part of that story. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, why did you get on the plane even though you were terrified? And it's the same thing that I would sit and tell myself while, in, while breathing into the barf bag, <laughs> the door's still open. I mean, like, we're not even in the air, right? Because I had convinced myself that God was not done with me yet. Mm. Like, like, like I had convinced myself he still has good work for us to do. And because I mm. believe that 100%, I can do this thing that I'm terrified is going to kill me. But I'm sure it's not going to because he's not done with us yet. And, and I think that, yeah. Yeah. you know, we can reconcile our minds to a great many things, right? If it's hard, 
we, we can say what's true, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. We can say, yeah. well, what am I supposed to do in this, in this situation? And you can, you can coach yourself up in the situation because you, you, you might not have somebody there to coach you up. You might not have somebody to say, Kayla, don't check out, mm. right? You might have to say, Kayla, don't check out to Kayla to in, the, in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and I like the, the yeah. second part of your story of, of being afraid of flying is when we flew with the kids and one of our daughters was just terrified of flying. And had he not worked through that fear mm-hmm. and gotten to the place where he was, when he flew with her, it would have just amplified her fears because she would have seen dad, who she loves and adores and thinks hung the moon, being tall enough to <laughs> being. <laughs> very afraid and it would have just confirmed what she believed. But Mm -hmm. because when she looked at you, she saw someone who could walk her through something knowing that you had, she knew that you had been afraid to fly and she was watching you and she was able to see Mm. you doing something that you were once afraid to do and, and trusting. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the piece that a lot of parents don't see the benefit of is being vulnerable with their kids in those things and those areas that we've struggled in those areas of weakness is being able to share that with our kids and say, I once had that trouble too. You know, I just had a conversation with one of our daughters just talking about relationships and, and, you know, she struggles a little bit with being kind of clingy with friends and to the point of kind of annoying her friends. And I was like, I did that too. And I said, and here's what I learned was, you know, I was so worried that if I didn't cling to them, that I was going, that they were not going to be my friend, that I pushed them away Mm. to where they were not my friend. And it was a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense. And so she said, well, what do I need to do so that I don't do that? You know, and we could have that conversation because I had walked that path Mm. before and I was able to do it with her and say, well, here's some of the things I learned. I learned that I had to be okay with me and who I was. And if they didn't like me for who I was, then they weren't the friend that I needed in that, in that time, you know? And so we were able to kind of talk through it. And I think a lot of parents are afraid to go on the healing journey, but if we don't go on the healing journey, what good are we to our kids when they are going on the healing journey? And we're afraid because we, we don't want to appear weak to the children. Yeah. Mm. We right. want them to, to think of us as like a, you know, like on a pedestal. Like Super, Superman, right? But they're, yeah. They're, yeah. they're smarter than we think they are because they see all of our flaws. They see all yeah. of our yeah. weaknesses. Yeah. Even if we think we're yeah. appearing to be so wonderful and great, they're like, uh, you're not as great as you think you are, you <laughs> know? True. And yeah. so why not just be honest with them and say, you know, I've struggled with that. That's been really hard for me. Um, that's been a, a challenge that I've had to overcome or here's what I learned, why I did this or, you know, all of those things. And it's actually helped me grow in relationship with my kids, but it's also helped me be able to navigate things and helped us be able to navigate things that we might not have been able to, had we not gone on that healing journey ourselves. It's a spiritual formation a practice that we've all been participating in together is, is the process the the process of the process of of learning to live unhurried and mm. um it doesn't mean unbusy i think it's it's possible to be busy and yet still have get to a place where my spirit is unhurried my mind is unhurried 
my heart is unhurried. I'm not frantic or frenzied. God is not in a hurry. Um, Jesus was perfectly okay with, with walking towards one place to do a certain thing and then be interrupted and turn and just be there. I'm not in a hurry. Um, uh, and I think in the frenzied, fr just frantic, hurried pace, it can it can numb us to kind of the introspection and um, that's necessary. Mm. We can also use it as, um, as a mechanism to protect us from, you know, the more hurried I am, the less slow my mind will be because when my mind is slow, I actually start thinking about deep things. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but also just coming from this place of urgency and scarcity of, you know, to your point, Ryan, I mean, the, the number of times we've said, if we don't get this under control now, then, you know, XYZ she's going to be gonna on, happen. she's going to be on an episode of Dateline, you know, in 15 <laughs> years, right? And like, uh, you, you go, you go, no, 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 we don't no, We don't have to think in that hurried, frenetic mm. pace. Like we don't have to think in that scarcity, urgency, um, and just even kind of coming to this, this patient awareness that the pace of transformation is slow yeah. and long. And, you know, one of the things that Jed, who's a dear friend and boss and just an, an unbelievably wise man mm -hmm. uh, reminds us often is that in the work of, in the deep, hard work of renewal and transformation and justice and mercy, uh, we are oftentimes going to experience underwhelming results, mm. you know? Um, and so it's going to be very difficult for us to quantifiably measure in a way that like looks really good on a board report or a donor, you know, uh, uh, a grant proposal, right? It's just really hard to measure the work, the, the process of transformation. Yeah. Uh, and, and he says, you know, in the in kind of the opposite realm, like there are some some lighter, easier things to do. And I don't mean not important. I just mean easier. Like, let's say we want to collect a bunch of backpacks for kids in foster care, you know, this summer before school. Like we could collect a thousand of them, you know, and we go, look, look, a thousand. Right. We go, wow, that's that's overwhelming. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, sometimes that's fine. I mean, there's a lot to say about that. But the point is, is <laughs> the, po the point is, is that in the deep, hard work of transformation and renewal, um, the metrics are going to feel underwhelming at times. And it yeah. just requires, sure. it requires this patient, unhurried pace of trust and um, of, of trust uh, in um, so I didn't want to go there because it opens up a whole can of worms, but maybe we can, maybe, maybe we can go there one day. Well, yeah. so actually what I was thinking is, is, is the two things. It opened up another line of, of, of conversation. But the other thing it is, is I think it, it tied a bow on it in, in, in all honesty, because we talked, I think at the end of the last episode about having expectations 
And so what you just did is look, like in the work of transformation, you have to have appropriate expectations because sometimes a victory today is that we didn't take any steps backwards. Yeah. Right. And you have to be okay with that. Um, so yeah, for, for me, that's a good bow, by the way, yeah. Yeah. as much as it was a future episode. Yeah, well, and and we talk a lot about you know, Ryan's good at reminding me as we're you know in it when we're in a hard season of finding those little things and and like the Old Testament, like they did stacking the rocks and being able to look back and even if it's very small, you know, even if it's yeah. a, a very small step, like like you said, we didn't go backwards, you know, we didn't go forwards, but we also didn't go backwards or. Or hey, look, there was honesty in that situation. Let's let's stack a little rock, you know. Or, or hey, we made it through, you know, half a day without a meltdown. Let's <laughs> stack a rock, you know. Or whatever it is, you know. Hey, we didn't we didn't get a phone call from the teacher until two o'clock today, you know. Like <laughs> stack a rock. That's that's better than yesterday when you got the call at eight thirty and they start school at eight twenty, you know. Like those little bitty things. But we don't often see those, you know? I mean, I find that's when parents get frustrated is they're like, I get a call every single day. And I'm like, did you, is there like a time difference? Like, can we find something about <laughs> yeah, it that's different, yeah, yeah. you know? And yeah, parents yeah, have a lot, yeah. hard time finding that sometimes. But that's yeah, good. that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, yeah, um, for our patrons, yeah. we will be in the green room with Jason. Uh, after this so tune in for that and if you're not a patron uh, I'm sure Dallas has told you all about that (laughs) and this is one of the benefits of uh, helping to support the podcast is uh, you get a little peek at us uh, being a little more relaxed and a little more open so once again Jason thanks so much for coming on and speaking with us it's been a joy and uh, my pleasure thanks everyone for listening take care Thank you for listening to this episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss in the podcast, you can email us at podcast.onebighappyhome.com. Please like and share the podcast with your friends and family, and you can find us on your favorite social platforms by searching for One Big Happy Home. And for our supporters, don't go anywhere. We have a special green room episode right after this. Again, if you'd like to become a supporter, you can visit podcast.onebighappyhome.com. Thanks for listening.